Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. It is Devon here, if you can believe it. I'm editing the next three or four of these uh, in one batch altogether uh, so that Nate can have some time off over the goddamn holiday period because he deserves it. Um, this means nothing for you. These will be edited and scheduled to release on the typical days. So you get absolutely no change in content except uh, due to me banking them, I won't have uh, the capacity to read out the usual list of patron names right at the very end. Because um, I like to do those just before they go out so that it's as current as possible. So for this one and maybe the next couple, uh, that will be missing. But that is really all that you will notice. So without further ado, Casino Royale. Welcome to Kill James Bond. I am James Bond 007. Joining me are James Bond 007 and I James Bond 007. Hello. And we are entering a new era here today. Uh, gone are the, the like the silly bonds of, of Brosnan and more. Instead, we're doing something a bit more dark and a bit more tactical. Mm. A sort of finally, a little bit of a gritty reboot. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, and, and this is the thing, right? We have to sort of let go of our um, same guy thesis a bit here. In that, uh, we see very explicitly that this is not the same guy. We have a new origin story for James right. Bond, Agent 007, because, of course, mm -hmm. now all movies have to have an origin story. Um, That's right. And so, so this Bond is, uh, he, he's a decorated military veteran, um, mm -hmm. you know, a war hero, mm -hmm. even. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And we see him being recruited in this first movie of this new era, Casino Royale, which, mm -hmm. which we're watching. We see him be recruited by M into an, an, an elite tier of MI6. And in order to do this, M has to, to visit Bond at his manor house, driving mm -hmm. past his lions. Mm -hmm. um, and, and then... The best, the best thing about this is since it has been made with hindsight on, you know, on the rest of the Bond series, there are yeah. some little like subtle digs at, sure. uh, at James sure. Bond. Mm. Um, <laughs> so, as, so we, we, we fucking got you. We got you. We got you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> David Niven, motherfuckers. The bussy. He plays Debussy every afternoon from sunset until it's too dark. That's <laughs> no, right. 1967. 1967's Casino Royale. There was another Casino Royale. There was another one. A second Casino twice. Royale movie has struck the Kill James Bond podcast. And this is this is like an official Bond film. Like he yes. is called James oh, yeah. Bond. Like well, Money Penny well, is in it. Like, well, they, they do call him it, James Q. Bond, but they pronounce it like wrong on purpose. Like James Bond, or seven. That's that's not either of the things he's called. Well, M was just very Scottish in this movie. That's true. Movie. That's true. So in this, James Bond is Sir James Bond, and he's old. He's old Bond, punished mm. Bond, if you will, mm. um, because he has retired from British government service. 
after they made him turn in his the the one love of his life, Matahari, for execution by the French um, mm. during the during the First World War. This is where we're fucking. This is where we're going here. Um, yeah, last all the way of back. the gentleman spies. He he yeah. very specifically says um, the the guy, <laughs> the guy that you gave my name and number to is yeah, debaucherous. Sex maniac. Yeah. Sex maniac. So he's celibate is the thing. Like he's straight edge bond. Yes. He doesn't do drugs. He doesn't drink. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He, he doesn't also, shag. He's, in what's a totally novel idea for the series, he's a bond out of time. Um, but this oh, time, that's interesting. The, the, the bond. Oh yeah, I've never seen that before. The bond out of time is wow. the ti- the time is like about nineteen hundred. So <laughs> he, he he wears a fucking little sleeping cap and a smoking jacket. Uh, mm. When we see him at his manor house. Uh, where he plays Debussy and keeps lions. Uh, the, the first thing that we see him doing is he is exercising on what I can only describe as a sort of a manual bond wiggler. Um, yeah, but he's he's doing tricep dips, wearing a white tie <laughs> yes. and a turban. Yeah, yeah, cool. like a fucking a king. silk turban, no yeah. less. Silk turban. <laughs> And so, so M arrives along with the heads of like various other spy yeah, agencies. Every other spy agency, who, all of whom Bond French, knows Russians, and like yeah. remembers from when they were like young. Mm-hmm. He has a line. He speaks to the Russian. He's like, "I remember your chap Lenin very well. First class organizer, second class mind." Fucking got his ass. Shut yeah. him. Also, uh, he has a stammer, as you can tell. Yeah, and, he does have a little stammer. Uh, at the start, yeah. yeah. But like M sort of exhorts him to the others. He 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 points out that he's got like part of this austere, uh, almost like celibate priesthood of spies mm. who are like an alternative to war. He says, "A good spy is a pure spy, inside and out. A herbal enema should fix you up." Don't know how <laughs> that dropped. Never say never again. Got in there. Yeah, it's a bit of a mix-up. Um, yeah, yeah, I got confused because I didn't know which Casino Royale. I thought we were doing the 1954 mm. television movie of Casino Royale instead. <laughs> I so really considered it, but it's like two <laughs> scenes long, so not yeah. But he he also hates gadgets and he loves he being retired. So mm-hmm. when the when the heads of the spy agents come to him and they said, "Look, we've got spies being killed all over. Something's really going badly wrong. We need you back." He's like, "I'm sorry. Now from now on, my life is about Debussy." Yes, yes. In in fact, he he tells them specifically uh, that it is now that time of day I have set apart for Debussy. Uh, every I, fucking hour, every day, baby. <laughs> I I did I did clip just to be on the safe side. Debussy. Just in case, just in case you wanted. Debussy. Debussy galore. Well, of course you are. Um, um. So there's. <laughs> He he has these lines that he's talking to the guys and he like lists out the gadgets that they obviously have. Like the CIA mm-hmm. guy's got a big red carnation and he's like, that's phrase poison. And he goes, Your jokes shop spies, gentlemen. Fucking again, got their asses. Yeah. Mm. At the start, I was like, Oh, I'm in for I'm in for a David movie. David yeah. Niven. David Niven, very talented actor, sells this very well. Um mm. Can either of you tell me what happens next? Because no, sadly, no. listeners, this film is from before they invented editing. So I don't really know what happens at the end of no, this scene. There's a scene missing, um, yes. as far as I can tell, because yes. it ends with all of them stood around. Um, he's refusing to come with them, and M gives the order to just shell his house. Which is uh, insanely funny. It's just like. Shit ex- it's so, <laughs> some of his shit explodes. M's fucking toupee flies off, and then it cuts directly to M's funeral. 
Yeah, um, M is, M like, is the fuck killed happened? by the mortar attack that he ordered in order he to called blow down up a mortar James. Attack yes. on his own on his position. own position. Yes, James James Bond is brought out of retirement by M suicide bombing himself <laughs> with a mortar team. <laughs> this is what happens in the movie. This is the Just exciting like no time incident. To die. So yeah. Bond Bond becomes the new M, which I thought was quite an interesting thing to do. Yeah, um, yes. we also see uh, our our villains, um, who are not Spectre but Smush, um, mm. which they yeah. always pronounce as Smush every time. Yeah. Um, um, they want to tarnish Sir James Bond's image uh, as a kind of celibate and you know straight laced yeah, uh, spy. By. Yeah. Hmm. So, uh, so all of this Bond... is controlled, by the way, through a kind of what I can only describe as a girl control room. Um, yes. Th there's a number of like. That's where, where, where I record from. Absolutely, mm -hmm. absolutely. You record from your little conversation pit, a circular mm. conversation Very pit, small conversation pit. Got <laughs> <Or the> model <laughs> trains going around. Surrounded yeah, in, in the middle of a big scalextric model of England and Scotland, mm. uh, and then you you give orders to a series of women who are like secreted around the countryside. I do, um, yes. So, so, so Bond. That is true. Bond goes to M's ancestral home in Scotland, Skyfall. Mm -hmm. Um, God, where this is a long, a long it, scene. It goes on for a minute. This is a two two hour movie, and like it feels it. In that respect, it really is a Bond movie. We learn that M's widow has been replaced by a smirched double. Um, yes, and then there's mm. about fifteen minutes of movie where the joke is that they're Scottish. Yes, but also this, sex this film is this film is to Scotland what you only live twice is to Japan, and they're like, yo, have you fucking heard that there's like a whole other country up there, and like they're all like, no, weird. This, you train hard laid. and fast to become a Galaglass. <laughs> Second, you take a wife to give you extra special cover. Um, so so Bond goes to M's ancestral castle where the uh, the spy playing his widow. Sort of like vamp Scottishly at him. Deborah Kerr, by the way, doing an incredible job. Yes. We even get the extended joke where somebody explains what haggis is, and it's yeah. like, yeah, I'm aware of how, like, it's good. I have it for breakfast. It's nice. Like, Scotland I, is just a normal place that you could go and they're well, presenting it like it's fucking far. Mars. You live there. I, I just wouldn't say normal. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. true. That's true. So yeah, so what happens next is a sort of a sex comedy where all of these like young, in fact now troublingly young, um, attractive mm, somewhere between agents. sixteen and nineteen. Yeah, so. he, he yeah, literally goes. That's how many? How many of the? How many of? How many daughters does M have? Oh, eleven. Who's the youngest? Uh, me. I'm sixteen. Uh, who's the oldest? I'm nineteen, and you're just like, ah, this is this is a bit of a sexual pickle for James Bond, a man committed to celibacy. Yeah, um, two to women in this scene. Bath. Two women yeah, in this scene yeah. are called Meg and Peg. Uh, to be uh, what, what is what, it, this is only sold by David Niven's sort of like relentless affability, where he plays this sort of like very straight arrow sort of like oh, uh, brigadier mm. sort of like character. There, there's a fantastic little touch that I noticed where he uh, he like he's going past all of their rooms and they're like peering out at him in their nightgowns and he's sort of like nodding very demurely to them. And then one of them like uh, sort of like lunges sexually at him and he like jumps out of the way into an enormous stuffed bear which he also then gives the like polite nod to. And I like that a lot. Um, I love to lunge sexually. That's... 
Mm, it yes. happens. Yeah, happens a lot throughout the course of this movie. But Niven is about as uncomfortable from this as I am. Yes. Watching it. Yes. He's wearing he's wearing a little sleeping cap the whole time, and mm. everybody is trying to fuck him, and he does not want to be uh, be fucked at all. Mm-hmm. Um, what happens then is after this like bath, they like try and get him drunk to seduce him, and this he yeah. just. He's sort of like. Oh, is that what happens? Yeah. yeah, not entirely clear, but it backfires in that every single other person gets drunk to the point of catatonia, and he simply leaves. The- yeah, he he yeah, just out, he out drinks them, yeah. and he's like, ah, oh, good night. Um, the crucial night thing, hates. listeners, is that none of this is funny. No, not even. Yeah, what slightly. I would know. <laughs> what I would definitely make clear here is that they're trying to do jokes throughout this. And that none of them are landing. It's not in in the slightest. Really mm-hmm. landing. Yeah. Um, so 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 the 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 alleged widow right uh, tries to then come into his room at night to uh, to fuck him in like. Okay. A, hmm. So so I want I actually do want to talk, this this scene is legitimately very very good because James Bond 007, James Bond is in bed. He's uh, mm-hmm. he's reading or something, and the seat yep. the door opens, and Deborah Kerr is there. Wearing like a nighty uh, night dress, and she's just like really trying to seduce this guy. And if it was Connery, you know exactly how it would go. But since this very straight attempt to seduction is intercut with shots of David Niven lying on top of the sheets, wearing like a fucking he's wearing stockings, nighty, yeah, yeah, yeah. with a fucking <laughs> sleeping cap, just looking quite politely confused. It's so fucking good. <laughs> I, I, I want I want you to know that as part of a really sort of a good. This wasn't intended as method acting, but David Niven went into this movie thinking he was going to play Bond straight. He didn't know it was going to be a comedy. So that, that sort of informs, yes, this movie. Wow. Yeah, that sort of informs a lot of his acting here. Um, yeah. So, oh, fuck's sake, what happens next? I wrote down at this point. We're thirty minutes into this movie. I have vaccine madness. I this yeah. is this is exhausting at this point. This is a death. So march. so he refuses to have sex with her, and then she says, "Oh, as a result, you have to challenge my sons to a shot put competition, which yes. again isn't funny." And Bond wins, and then as a result of him winning, she genuinely falls in love with him. Yeah, she uh, gets insanely then, horny. She breaks thre- character. Yeah. There's a grouse <laughs> shoot. Around uh, the course they, of of Bond doing the like the shot put contest with like these big Atlas stones, right? They're picking them up. All the strong guys are picking them up and falling over. You know the, the fucking deal. Um, but throughout it, like Devrika is getting insanely lost in the source. Those <laughs> are getting horny over David Nevin. Yes, and like it, got, the, the girls behind her are just like oh, fucking Mimi's lost it. All right, get her keys. We got locker in the room. <laughs> yeah, we've stopped then it. She's falling in love. Shoot. There they, is try to, they, they try the, to launch grouse-shaped missiles at him. Yeah, Again, well, crucially, they, none of this is funny. They, they, um, threw, they try to do the sort of the ACF thing of having a big dog filled with tannerite. They fill a bunch of grouse with tannerite and then I'm like... I'm sorry, the what? <sighs> okay. <laughs> I'm yeah, not, go on then. Let's go. Not, <sighs> okay, so there's two things you <laughs> need to understand corner. about this joke, right? One, the ACF, the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives, notorious for shooting people's dogs when they raid their houses. ATFX, clearly. What the fuck are they doing? They can't <laughs> shove an extra word on the end. Two, tannerite is a form of explo- uh, of like binary explosive that is detonated by violent shock, typically gunfire. 
Consequently, there was a gun nut meme that did the rounds about like in like trapping the ATF into coming to your house, stuffing a like a fake dog with tannerite, and waiting for them to shoot it and blow up the house. That's okay. the reference that I'm making uh, in relation to these fucking grouse homing missiles. Okay, thank well, you. Know, thank I got about you. half could of have, that. Yeah. Could have just skipped over this, but uh, that's why that's why I'm on the podcast. You know, Nate, so you can put in the the more you know uh, sting here. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. Um. Thank you. So Mimi saves him by saying, "I work for Schmirsch. They're trying to do mm. something unclear." Uh. But she she saves him, and then she's like, "Oh, I'm dying. Please kiss me." And he kisses her, and then she's like, "Lol, J.K. I'm not. I'm actually going to become a nun." Uh, yeah. I'm going to become a um, nun, and yeah, she does. She just leaves. She does she do it. that. Uh, um, at, at this point, Bond leaves. He drives back down to London. He simply and, leaves. Yes. He simply it's a leaves. Lot of, like, <laughs> just leaves. He's, the scene has no <laughs> point. <laughs> Nothing that's happened during so this. So he goes to next location. <laughs> he yeah. just leaves. He goes, he goes to England, but on the way down there, a sexy woman in a Jaguar E-Type tries to guide oh, in beautiful a sort of car. A, an unmanned milk float full of explosives into his car, which is a very old-fashioned Bentley. Um, Which the the milk float is being controlled from inside the girl control center, yes. and they've got the, as Alice, as Alice mentioned earlier on, they've got like a Scalectrix model of England and Scotland with the little cars going around on it. It's so cute. It's, it's very fun. the most the obviously a Scalectrix thing uh, mm. you've ever seen. Like it literally. Then the just movie is. the movie the earns points for violence. In this scene is absolutely oh, yes. beautiful. Just phenomenal <laughs> stuff. Sound editing hadn't been invented yet, so every time they need to spice things up a bit, much like the earliest two Bond movies, where they just slam the theme in there, uh, they, they just blare some music over it, and it's really, really distracting. Anyway. The um, movie earns some points for violence when the sexy lady in the Jaguar is killed by the Bond milk float explosive kills, pretty horribly. Yeah, the, the way mm. that the, the, the fucking like, synopsis on yeah. Wikipedia does this is Bond survives another attempt on his life. No, no. Bond no, no, manipulates no. events so that he can kill a woman with a car bomb. And then <laughs> when, when she is exploded, he goes... Like in a, in a, he like tuts in a little like. Uh, yeah, he hmm. doesn't have a, like a one-liner. He just tuts and then continues <laughs> like, to uh, drive up. Can't That's get the tragic stuff the these thing days. that I just did. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Damn um, shame. He, oh, at this he point really in the movie, does just kill a woman outright. Yes. Yeah, he Fully. does. At this point in the movie, listeners, I'm afraid that I am going to have to become feral. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So someone enters a scene. Would you like to take us through this one, Abigail? Uh, I've got, I could try. Um, so we get to <laughs> London. Um, Bond is now Bond is now the new M, which I think is an interesting kind of setup. Yep. Yeah, this um, he, his 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 little assistant tells him, uh, "We've got this board covered with flags for agents. Many of them are, are dead, and then there's one in the Caribbean." And and fucking Bond goes, oh, yeah, "What, wait, what about actually... the guy you gave my my code name and my name to? What about Sean Connery?" Uh, mm. And the guy in a perfect. A perfect Devon reference goes. We've had to take him off the board, sir. We've had to take him off the board. Getting sir. Some, I'm going to get some use out of that drop in he future. Headley's entire bit, which is the assistant, his entire bit is that he speaks weird, and it is funny. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. I, I'll be honest. But the I, the reason, listeners, that I'm going to have to become feral is that mm -hmm. the other person in the scene is the new Money Penny, um, yes. who 
if you can imagine such a thing, uh, and I have imagined it many times, if you could imagine Kim Petras with an American accent, um, <laughs> that is that is that is who is playing Money Penny in this scene. And my my hmm. notes say capital letters italics. Damn. Bond, Bond, <laughs> Bond introduces himself to her by kissing her on the mouth, and then goes, "Oh, Money Penny, you haven't changed a bit." And she says, oh, "That you're thinking of my mum. I'm I'm her daughter." And then they have a lot of like sex repartee through the rest of the movie, where she's mm-hmm. like, "Oh yeah, my mum used to talk about fucking you a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, it was weird, actually." Um, but this is the existence of this incredibly hot American blonde woman. Listeners is the first hint that what we're actually watching here is Kill James Bond the movie. Yes, and that what yes. they have done is taken all the bits from this podcast <laughs> and like each of the three of us separately wrote a first draft of a script, which has then been mashed together. We've and has already become a spell. we've already had and. <laughs> off the board so yeah that was we, my part and then of we the had american kim petra so like uh, <laughs> but then yeah then, the tannerite birds i so become we, feral because yes. y- you two watched this movie before me and what you yes. did was you said don't look at the cast list you'll know it when it happens there is a moment where you will become absolutely ungovernable and mm. i thought having kept my eyes rigorously closed through the opening uh, credits this was the moment you meant because <laughs> Woody Allen enters the movie. There is a cutaway. Woody Allen is playing Jimmy Bond, yes, which is, is, of course, Sir James Bond's uh, nephew. Um, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. now we'd like to enter a part of this show that I like to call Kill James Bond Does Not Get Sued by Woody Allen. <laughs> so yeah, what we're going to because... do is not say anything. <laughs> yes. Because in an incredible metaphor for Woody Allen's career post-1992, we see him being led to a firing squad. <laughs> Yeah, Woody Allen is about to be executed for his crimes in character. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I made some notes here, and I can't read them. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he he does the he does the Woody Allen bit. He's only got one bit. Uh, my doctor said it would be very bad for me if you shot me. Uh, and then he like mm-hmm. escapes over the wall, only to find that it's like there's a firing squad at the other side of the wall executing a guy. And then Woody Allen's the not in the movie anymore. This was the first time in the film anymore. I laughed. Yeah, it was a good yeah, was it was a good bit. I I would believe that bit was written in by Woody Allen. But here's the thing, right? This this movie, we'll get into the the making of this movie because this is the fascinating part to me rather than the movie itself. But Woody Allen did a pass at this script as did everybody else. It went through like 20 drafts and yep. he got a legal notice. He got his lawyers to draft up a thing saying... It's, he's had several. Mm, <laughs> you, you, for very good reasons, we're certain. Uh, he, he, he like got an injunction to say you cannot put written by Woody Allen on this movie under any circumstances. You cannot credit Woody Allen as having written this movie even slightly because of how bad it is. Um, and he was oh. right to do it. He he was. Um, yeah, legitimately, he did have that injunction put in. Yeah. Uh, so so mm. that that's that's the end of Woody Allen for now. And we go back to David Niven, Sir James Bond. Let's take him off. Yeah, board. and Bond says, okay, given my experiences in Scotland, Smirsh are obviously using honeypots. They're using very yes. sexy female yes. agents. I have something so for this. We... I have I have the drop, in fact, because he makes two changes. Change number good. change number one. From now on, all remaining agents and trainees will be known as James Bond 007, including the girl. Well, that'd be rather confusing, so exactly. Exactly. Agents exactly. of chaos. Everybody's James Bond 007. Mission two. Because they're using these honeypots... We find the one man all women want, and then we train him not to want women. 
we this make is, yeah. a gay super agent. Yeah. This is again, find, find an agent, you, make him gay. <laughs> as you were saying, this is Kill James Bond the movie. So he, he this literally, is now the spa that makes you gay scene yes, in real life. Yes, he literally he tasks Moneypenny to find the sexiest agent they have by fucking all of them, which she does. Uh, it's a guy called Cooper. And then they send him to the gym that makes you gay. And at this point, I wrote down, first, you train hard and fast to become a faggot. Because <laughs> they have... <laughs> to take extra special <laughs> color, you have a boy wife. You yes. take a boy wife. You take a boy wife. So this guy's just in this gym, and then there's there's various like Bond girl types try and like seduce him. And at every turn, what he does is he fucking judo throws them to the floor. It's so good. This is so funny. So this yeah, thing is it's incredible, genuinely really good. hysterical. <laughs> Sadly, it's also racist, but um... yes. Yes, yes, it is. Yeah, that is true. There's also um, a, there's an incredibly funny bit where one of them accuses him of being gay <laughs> to like try and like fucking get inside. Like she does like reverse psychology. So he like she like chest. comes up to her. She's like really sexy, and he's like, "What are you gonna do?" And she's like, "I'm not gonna do anything, but you're gonna do something unless you're one of them." And and like she's like trying to like do double backflip reverse gay psychology on him. <laughs> and he just like Juno throws her. <laughs> he just like thinks for a second and then just judo throws her and she goes, Oh, you're quite good. Yeah. Like, eh. To be fair, to be fair, if I had just had sex with American Kim Petras, I also would be turning all of these women down. Yeah, every other woman on earth comes towards you and you're just like, judo throw. Get out of here. Yeah. I'm doing so, I'm fine. So James Bond Sr. Niven then goes to find Vesper Lind, who is like James Bond 007. Yeah, who is retired <laughs> and is now I don't actually the know what boss. she's doing. She's girl bossing it, I guess. Mm -hmm. She's in yes. business. She works at the business factory. She's mm -hmm. primarily girl bossing it. Um, she's mm -hmm. dressed insanely. Uh, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Wearing a lot of a like line, feathers. Yeah, there's a line that's just like, "Is it? Do you always wear that at the office?" And she said, "If I wore it in the street, I'd be stared at." Nice. Quite like. So um, yeah, she 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 her job as James Bond 007. Uh, on orders from James Bond 007, is to recruit James Bond 007. That's um, right. A fourth James Bond 007 truck yeah. podcast. And this, this James Bond 007 is Peter Sellers, who is, oh, baby. in fact, appearing in this movie. Now, I will point out, Peter Sellers... Transitorily appearing in this movie. Peter Sellers, Earth's worst piece of shit. Um, he appears in this movie. His terms to appear in this movie were one million dollars out of a budget of twelve million dollars. Wow! Three full points, which means this movie is still earning his estate money. And on the first day of shooting, a white Bentley, and he got all of these things to be ah. in this movie. Now, what this does mean is that at the time, he was the person who had been paid the most to play James Bond 007. Yes. <laughs> like, because this was made in between. That was between. true until Diamonds Are Forever, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, this was made in between Thunderball and You Only Live Twice. So, like, Connery hadn't even started asking for that kind of dollar yet. No, Peter no, he was an overgrown like... model. And, like, Peter Sellers was at sort of the height of his career. 
Um, yeah, no, absolutely. When you say white Bentley, do you mean as like to pick him up and drive him around, or do you mean he no, to no? Keep? They gave him the car on the first day of shooting. Oh my god! But it, listen. Anyway, then that's the pre. That's the precursor to the stories yes. about Peter Sellers. That oh, we ev- every every other story that we will tell you about Peter Sellers is going to be morally far more reprehensible than this wow. because this would be cool. There is nothing else cool that he does. So. Peter, Peter Sellers, Sellers is playing this... Evelyn Tremble. Evelyn um, Tremble. Yeah. And this was a moment which clearly I wrote because um, Vesper Lynn, James 1007, says to him, isn't Evelyn a girl's name? And he goes, no, it's mine. <laughs> uh, which is a line I have used <laughs> before. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> not about names, but about clothing, that kind of thing. Yeah, and she, she seduces him, right? Yes. He yeah, is this, it's... He's this expert in Baccarat. Yeah, so it, it, we, we can explain now why he's in this film, but we don't find this out as the audience until like about an Never. hour later. No. Um, so uh, Le Chiffre, who we'll meet later, is uh, he works Cock for Smirsch. ball torture from Wikipedia. Yeah. He works uh, for Smirsch, and he's going to have this high-stakes Baccarat game in Casino Royale for crime reasons. Um, yes, and the Evelyn plot Tremble, of Peter Casino Sellers, Royale, which is yeah, not is addressed happening. in this movie. Yeah, the yeah, plot of Casino explained. Royale occurs over the course of about 10 minutes in the middle of the movie, mm-hmm. Casino Royale. But Evelyn Tremble has apparently developed a system for winning at Baccarat 100% of the time. So so she's like, can you please like, you know, join MI6 and we'll go and take him down. That's kind of the gist of why he's here. But in order to do this, she seduces him and we get a yes. weird scene, uh, which I guess I must have written, um, because <laughs> she's like, "Oh, like you, there's a closet behind you. Like, would you put on some costumes?" And it's yes. like implied to be like sexy role play. And, and, and he like comes out dressed as Hitler. <laughs> You're talking about Adolf Hitler. You, I mean, Again, you skip- kill James Bond the movie. Literally <laughs> comes <laughs> out dressed as Hitler, and it's like a fun like joke. He does um, a series of voices. There's just a bit like it's the Peter Sellers does voices hour. Yeah. Um, <laughs> He does Vesper this Lynn's thing. apartment is very funny to me. He he comes over and like you see that she's in the kitchen and there's just like a corpse on the table, covered in like a uh, wrap or something. And he like mm. pops up on the intercom and he's like, she's like, oh sorry, hang on, give me a second. Just like tips <laughs> this thing into the fridge. He's like, sorry, I was just showing someone out. And then yes. he slowly walks through her apartment. He's walking slowly. He's not filmed in slow motion there are things moving in normal speed in the background um, but he's mm-hmm. and there's just a series of things that she owns there's a lot of fish she has mm-hmm. nelson's column mm-hmm. uh, she's just had that moved to outside her house do you know what's yeah. playing at this point is the look um, of love the look of love which was written for this movie but yes, spent two years uh, training in real life to become Harold Sakata and also <laughs> to score this movie. Uh, and mm. the only thing that he got out of it was the look of love. Um, anyway, also, um, so, so Peter Sellers, like, she gets him in on the plot of Casino Royale, which is. Whilst you have he's to, dressed as a Napoleon and then a rabbi. Yes, you have to dress. Yes. Uh, he's like on his knees at this point, and she comes up to him, mm. and I, I wrote down. T for T ass height difference. Um, but like in general, though, for a comedian, all of his lines are fairly serious. And he's portrayed mm. as like this sort of unironic, like sexual uh like being. And this makes a lot more sense when you realize that Peter Sellers had a pass done on the script, but only for his lines to try yes. and make himself more desirable because he just wanted to play James Bond and not do a comedy. Yeah, he hired Terry Sullivan to write his dialogue and nothing else. 
so that he could outshine Woody oh. Allen and yes. another man who arrives. Another man uh, later who on. we will get to. So this ha- is also a good point to mention, listeners, that this film has five directors. Yes. None of whom are the oh, people yes. any- we've mentioned. It just Too has five many directors. Cooks. Um, yeah. So, we so know he that- goes to James hmm. Bond training school. Which is yeah, underneath does. Harrods, which I quite like. But the thing is, because there's an, there's another scene missing here, because we, we don't not- we don't see that it's under Harrods. So he just goes into like Hugh Branch and then goes, "Oh, you've got everything in Harrods," and everybody acts like that's a normal thing to say. Um, mm. So there's the usual we do sort get of, one like, of the best- background jokes. Mm. We get one of the best jokes in the in the film, which is there's like an army guy karate chopping blocks of wood, and then as Q comes past, he salutes and like knocks himself out because <laughs> like, his hand is super hard. I laughed at that. I thought it was good. Oh, yeah, um, I did actually like that. Now the, we we have the, to actually, talk, some of the course, best talk jokes about, in mm. this movie are at the at the uh, expense of the army. There's one later on that I'm excited to talk about. Mm. Can we talk about gay cues, please? There is a no, gay cue. Uh-huh. Notice I said cues plural because we have to we have to do a bit of an are you being served thing. So he gets fitted for his like gadget suit by a pair of homosexuals. Mm-hmm. Um and this is played about at the level that you'd expect, right? Uh, it, it's very much like oh, you're in good hands now, Mister Bond. <laughs> yeah, but again, whereas the joke before is that they're Scottish, now the joke is just that they're gay. Homosexuals? Have you heard of these? Um, on the other hand, it does mean that the, uh, once again, highest paid Bond, also first gay Q. So Ben Wishaw hoomst. Um, mm. They yeah, give him a bulletproof gay. vest that he never uses again, and a radio watch that I don't think he uses, but someone else does. Yes. And he then, doesn't use it, but a different Bond does, yeah. For, yeah, and, and because they miscut this, there's a joke that doesn't land. He's supposed to like use the watch to talk to Gay Q, who's in the same room, and the joke is, ah, it's like you're in the same room. But instead, they substitute Gay Q on the watch with fucking Vesper Lind, and the joke doesn't work anymore. Yeah, because it is like you're in the... There's a, there's a scene, uh, they talk about the pen. There's a mm-hmm. pen, um, and he, he's about to use the pen that's lying down to sign his name or some shit, and they're like, oh, don't use that. That when, As soon as you put that pen to paper, it sprays uh, like poison or acid back at you. Mm-hmm. And he goes, oh, that'd be good for writing a... And then all three of them say in unison, poison pen letter. Yeah, and, <laughs> and then, then like, Geiky yeah, goes, they always do joke, this. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Which, <laughs> Which I did I, quite like. I appreciated that. The thing is that Peter Sellers is like a, a decent, well, he's a very talented comedian. He's a fine actor. Mm. Awful, awful person. Um, also, like having that pass on the script to tighten up his lines actually did make some of them tighter. Anyway, mm. so, so. Then we need another woman Bond. Yes, we have yes, to recruit James Bond 007. Yeah. In, uh, which is, of course, the daughter of mm-hmm. James Bond 007. Yes, Mata Bond, as in Mata Hari. Uh, I will point out at this point that, uh, that uh, Niven has to go to India for this and experience the racism zone. And um, mm-hmm. it's cool. M- M- Mata Hari was a, a very white Dutch person. Like, uh, her name was Martha. Uh, it was, she was it real? Was just, yeah, yeah, yeah. She was a real spy. Oh, yeah. Kind of overhyped in hindsight, but yeah, she was she was a, a very white Dutch woman who used to do like exotic burlesque. Uh, Margareta mm. Geertrude McLeod, better known by her stage name, Marta Hari. Um, mm. So it's a very cool but pointless dance sequence. Yeah, yeah. And then, so I did mm. wonder why there was someone in the the cast list builders temple guard. I was trying to figure that out, and then they went to mm-hmm. a temple. And I went, oh yeah, okay. 
people. Mm, that's why. That's why. And we do a bit that is done funnier in both On Her Majesty's Secret Service and For Your Eyes Only, which is, ah, she's a very attractive woman, but she's got a common English accent. Yeah, this is yeah, this is dog mm. shit. Yeah, that's um, the joke. She just sounds she just sounds a bit northern and not even like yeah. it's not broad at all. It's like barely noticeable. Now. Like not even ridiculously so, right? It's not even like taken to extreme. It just it just seems like a no, person she, talking. She, she, she sounds like a, a, a woman who is maybe yeah, from like normal. Leeds or something. Yeah. And you're Whereas just before like, the joke uh, was like, yo, you heard of Scotland? Now it's just like, yo, you heard of anything north of the M25? No. Never. No, it, no, to, no. to me, it's this. It's the Watford gap. You have Watford and then Glasgow and everything in between. <laughs> um, so he 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 recruits her. She calls him daddy a lot. She also tries to fuck him, and I'm like, that's your mm -hmm. dad. That's yeah. your father. Um, mm -hmm. mm. there's and there's he, a number of yeah number of racist jokes. Uh -huh, uh, mm -hmm. One yeah. one one is at um. There's a guy there, and Bond's about to explain it, but uh, Niven Bond is about to explain the uh, the reason why he's recruiting her, and he goes, does he speak English? And she goes, do you speak English? And he goes, no. And then he's like, right. <laughs> and then just carries on. Which classic, I, I, classic big guy bit. Classic da, 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 manga da. bit. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, no, absolute manga bit. Um, yeah, so Smirsch hmm. have a headquarters in Berlin, East Berlin. Yes. Um, Berlin. which is a dance headquarter, like a dancing school is their cover. And and she used to go to the dancing school. So Bond is like, Bond, will you please go and infiltrate the school, yeah. the Black she, Widow she, school she, where she you used to go? She does also like get uh get Niven absolutely stonked off of some opium tea, which is very funny. Um Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, th there's another funny joke. Notice that I'm counting these individually, because there's not a lot, mm -hmm. and you've got to portion them out. Um, the joke is, she leaves MI6 headquarters, and she's like, well, I don't know how to get to Berlin. And the take-her-off-the-board guy calls her a taxi. The taxi driver, funny. Bernard Cribbins. Bernard Cribbins. And he Indeed. does a, like, not going south of the river that, kind that time of night joke, because he goes, oh, Berlin, east or west? And when she says <laughs> west, he goes, oh, that's all right, then. And he drives mm -hmm. her to Berlin. That was it's, funny. That was to funny. To me, it's funny. It's yeah, also very that... funny because the next scene is him driving in Berlin and he's mm -hmm. just like doing the classic London sort taxi like, driver thing. He's like, yeah. where'd you learn to drive? Like it, yelling it, out the window. It's like almost top secret level joke right there. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Mm -hmm. and he the, the kind of the joke side... that top secret would, would like pull over, like, like gloss over to like fill a scene. He pulls up outside the Berlin wall and... Um, like you're on one side and it like the camera raises over and you see on the other side of the Berlin wall it's just all lit red. Yeah. <laughs> the play balalaikas start playing. <laughs> it's um, very, it, I quite like it. So so we, we go to we go to spy school, uh where where we are introduced to Frau Hoffner, who is kind of like Edna Mode, and I like her a lot. The thing the thing about yeah. Frau Hoffner is that she is a girl boss. Like mm -hmm. at one point, she literally does just try to gaslight her because the way she finds like, okay, so Mata Bond like yes. uncovers the fact that there's going to be this auction. Uh, Le Chiffre is selling off his collection of rare ape NFTs in order to mm -hmm. raise money for the for the fucking backer. Okay. That's right. Yeah. Um, and Pay off his gambling debts to smash. Yeah, yeah. And course, she yeah, she she asks Frau Hoffner about this. And she just goes, Who am I? Frau Hoffner, never heard of her. You're insane, my child. Quite insane. Beautiful. Yeah, so for some reason, Smirsch 
that I don't know if this is parodying something, but they're all really weird. Like the architecture's all Tim Burton and strange. Mm. The lighting's weird. Ronnie Corbett is here. Uh, crucially, is here. he's not funny. Um, no. But you know, plus ça change. Um, and they're they're a spy school, and they're like, oh, we're so happy you've returned. Um, don't ask about this auction. Um, yeah. And then. And then, then, no, I'd, and then I'd like to I'd like to before you get into that, I would like to read the entire uh exchange on the, the staircase for gaslighting. Insane. Quite, Quite insane. nice. Yes. Uh it goes and I'm just gonna alternate between Frau Hoffner and Marta Bond with no change in accent because I can't mm -hmm. do them. But it goes, Come along, child, the auction's about to begin. Auction? Tonight we're selling off one of the finest art collections in Europe. The Sheaf's collection. Who? The Sheaf. Who's the Sheaf? The man who owns the collection. What collection? The collection that's about to be auctioned. Who said anything about an auction? You did. Who am I? Frau Hoffner. Never heard of her. Oh, insane, my child. And I was like, Quite insane. They're yes. doing this while they're walking down like a fucked staircase. And I was like, that was She's fun. got the like, like sort of like Liza Minnelli cabaret haircut. She's wearing a black turtleneck and a cloak. I like Frau Hoffner a lot. Frau yes. Hoffman is the world's worst improv partner. <laughs> so yeah, a couple of weeks ago, at the time mm. that this comes out, I posted on the account three images of our reactions in the group chat <laughs> when something occurred. And since you were the first to see it, it is only fair that I pass the floor to Miss Abigail Thorne to tell us what the fuck happened to break our minds in two. Yes. I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. But a character enters this film. Uh, he is Le Chiffre's auctioneer. He's, he yes. works for Le Chiffre. He, you might say he's, a, he's Le Chiffre's uh, number two. <laughs> or <laughs> it's, three, it's, I forget. It, it, it's a bit number part, really. Five, but, I think. But. But, it, but. It's, it's fucking. It's fucking Kronstein. Compared with Kronstein. Kronstein <laughs> walks into the. He walks into a <laughs> shot, and I went. Fucking ape shit. Yes, yeah, <laughs> like, I stood up and oh, cheered. I, I thought I had hallucinated this. I thought the vaccine had fucking got me. I, I was genuinely convinced at this point that this movie was a shared, like, folie à toi, like a, a shared hallucination. That we, we have laid to this film. Like, we somehow have. our podcasts have fallen into the sludge from Ghostbusters 2, and, yes. like, out of that has grown this film. <laughs> But yeah, Vladek Shebal, Kronstein from, from From Russia With Love, is in this film! Because this is Kill James Bond, the fucking yes. movie, Vladek yeah. Shebal walks, and he's wasted in the movie, but yes. he fucking walks into the scene, and I've, I've not been the same since. He's, he's wasted in the film as is only proper for Kronstein, as Kronstein was in the, in the original. Yes, yes which absolutely. Which means he is essentially a shoo-in. Yeah, he can win the Kronstein rosette. Yes, he's going to be the first character to get a Kronstein rosette and bar. <laughs> I'm going to pin a little lapel pin of Kronstein <laughs> onto his fucking. Here you go, my man. <laughs> you earned it. We, we now have to start of selling. On this man. Yeah, like absolutely, like a fractal Kronstein rosette. <laughs> Kronstein squared. Yes. But, but he's who, the who are bonds compared with Kronstein? They needed seven of them to even come close. So, so, so Kronstein is trying to auction Le Chiffre's rare ape NFTs. Uh, right. But but Master Bond uh, like destroys the slides that the apes are on, and then mm -hmm. no one can see the apes. No one can like right click and save she them. She pulls and a big switch that starts 
displaying war on the mm. on the thing and at, like at the american point, gi mm. yells it's war and, like zooms right in on his face and like the chinese guys who are also there say something similar and they're, Racist, like, they're yes. running to phones to call home and like there's a british guy who just calls up his wife and is like yes might not be able to make it home for dinner my love wars started the war. Um, yeah, the so war they're selling. So on. it turns out that the ape NFTs are actually like blackmail material. It's like mm, photos yes. of politicians with like, you know, girls and stuff. Um, and uh, the leaders of various militaries are there, including uh, the Chinese military who are there being racist. Um, mm -hmm. The head of the Chinese military is played by Burt Kwok, uh, yes. famous oh, Chinese actor who we have seen before. Not now, because, oh, right. Yeah, Fantastic. because in Diamonds are Forever. The, the one where Blofeld goes to space. Um, yeah, he, uh, he was the man who says everything twice. Huh. So there he is. Huh. He's back. So at this point, a madcap fight scene breaks out. Madcap here is not a compliment. If you no, think about like, if you think about like Cannonball Run, it's like that, but like worse. In fact, mm -hmm. um, a lot of a lot That's of worse. jokes happen, and then Vladek Shebal escapes, and he gets oh, on I the phone. I'll let you do this first. And he gets on the phone, and this is the the second now. point, the the point at which my the other hemisphere of my brain just collapsed in on itself because he picks up the phone, and on the other end, it's Orson Welles. Mm, Orson fucking Welles is Orson in this Wells movie. Orson Welles chief, and he Unicron. does a fucking incredible job. The French champagne has always been celebrated for its excellence. Wow. It's awesome. <laughs> French Orson, late stage Orson Welles. There's a line. Mm -hmm. There's a line later on uh, where he's talking about torturing someone, and he says, uh, "Physically, I'm going to do anything." Which is also his approach in this movie. And I respect <laughs> it so he much. He sits stock still in every scene. And like it's fine Steven because Seagal, he's fucking Orson Welles. He, he remains seated the whole movie. He is a, a purely mm. sedentary part. But he's a better actor than anybody there. And this will have consequences. Um, but yeah, so Vladek Shebel is then killed by Orson Welles for failing Ooh. him. I know. As, as always, as it always happens. Such always it was. Happens. It's the start always of happens. time. It's the fate of a Kronstein. A Kronstein yes. must always be killed for failing them in a way that wasn't really their Ab fault. Absolutely, mm -hmm. absolutely. And so now Le Chiffre has the to way, play Baccarat instead. Two, two mm. points. Um, the the first, sorry, two points. The first is that when Kronstein is blown up, he's in a, like a payphone up against the Berlin Wall. Yes. Um, mm. So he calls and he's like, "What about me?" And uh, Le Chief pushes a button and the payphone explodes, and then just like a bunch of what I can only describe as like nineteen tens peasants just start fucking <laughs> pouring through the wall. <laughs> yeah, it took it's David Hasselhoff to do this in real life. Mm. Um, and the other thing is, there is while they're going through the spy training school, there is uh, one bit where they open up a door and are like, "Ah, oh, this is." Where oh, we learn to fight, and it's just five hundred guys doing judo throws in sped up footage, which is wildly sped up too. A perfect mm -hmm. incision of James Bond. Like that's one of the only jokes that survived the eight hundred rewrites, which is fighting is speeding up judo throws. That's it. <laughs> yeah, they're practicing light attack. They're practicing heavy attack. All the hits. Um, so at this point, the at this point, the movie has to start an hour and twenty minutes in. Um, yeah, <laughs> the movie Casino Royale, which is about yeah. James Bond going to gamble against Le Chiffre at Casino Act Royale. Act one is now done. <sighs> now, I don't know who wrote the next bit of this. 
Now, Peter Sellers, Peter Sellers is playing James Bond here. And He's back. Hence, henceforth, we're calling him James Bond. He's back in this movie, earning his one-twelfth of the budget fee. Um, and so Not doing that well. They, they, they try to do the thing where like a sexy woman like appears in his hotel room to seduce him. Um, and in sort of a, a Bond-esque thing, he's supposed to like turn and fire a gun like past her. Um, the thing is, right, if you fire a, a blank at someone, you can really, really, at close enough range, really oh, injure you, them. And, this and Peter happened? Sellers absolutely did this to this actress. <gasps> His, this was her first scene with him. She comes onto set. She didn't know this was going to happen. And he shoots her in the fucking face. <gasps> and she had a, a, a shitload of like cuts to her forehead after this. And she oh was terrified God. every time she was on screen with Peter Sellers again. Because he just fucking like shot her in the fucking head, dude. As he, as he would be. Jesus. I, I've seen what happens when somebody takes a, a blank round, like point blank to the face. It's not pretty. Like, it's still, oh is it like, God. it is still an ex, like, there's still shrapnel there. Like, it's a thing. A blank round is still yeah. like gunpowder in a bullet case. Mm-hmm. The end's just crimped. Man, nearly fucking um, Alec Baldwin. This last absolutely. Uh, Apart absolutely. from anything else, he could have like damaged her ears or mm-hmm. oh, fully. Jesus it's still Christ. a gunshot. Like yeah, like I say, every subsequent story I tell about Peter gonna Sellers is going to be worse than the previous story oh about God. Peter Sellers. Dread so, to think where we're going, little guy. So, um, so yes, um, there are there are a number of fun lines in the scene. I will grant, which mm-hmm. is that he fires and it doesn't like do anything, and she's just like. You miss, and he goes, "Yes." Um, and then, she's like, "How did you get in here?" And she's like, "I took care of the porter." And it's like, "Say my word." And he's like, "It didn't take much." He's eighty-three. And he goes, it's a "Good year." Yeah. Now, uh, at, at this like, point, I don't know. At this point, we see we see Le Chiffre, Orson Welles. Um, Le he is he is he's holding the court chief. at at the baccarat table, and what he's doing is a series of magic tricks. And the reason why he's doing a series of magic tricks is because Orson Welles wanted to do them, so he just did them. It wasn't written. He just he just decided that he was gonna do a, a bit of like close up magic. It's so good, right? And at this point, I'd like to say to the audience that yes. we've been toying around. With another award, we've mm. had the Kronstein Rosette, we've had the Good Night Cross, and these are Fine. piecemeal. We give them out every mm. every single movie, yeah. but sometimes someone really does go above and beyond the course of yes. any kind of duty. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes a someone, movie needs a hero. Sometimes somebody shows up and says, "Into the My screen, Doctor Kaufman." <laughs> a man will appear on screen and obliterate. The entire movie simply because <laughs> there are scenes where he isn't in it. Yes, mm-hmm. and yes. For specifically, that, he destroys the tone of the film. <laughs> yes, for yes. that we have minted the Kaufman, Kaufman Star, Star. <laughs> our highest award for <laughs> sabotaging James Bond films. Is, is properly worn with a sash in white tie, <laughs> the Kronstein Star for absolutely Kaufman. Ex- Blow the, the Kronstein star, the Kaufman star. Thank you. We're just the, thinking about Kronstein a lot right now. Always, I'll be honest. Yeah. The, the, <laughs> it's, it's ca- the Kaufman star, which is properly worn with a sash and white tie, for exploding a James Bond film around you and falling perfectly out of the wreckage as the only person we remember. And 
believe me, Orson Welles fucking earns the cow. Also, no, like, he's sitting there in sunglasses, smoking a big cigar. And he, I he, might looks like say, he looks like drill. He looks like drill. <laughs> Yeah, that will probably be the episode art after a while. We're going to not have episode art to begin with to continue the bit. Um, now, but in like two mm, weeks, we'll probably now, add this. W- w- what happens is that like uh, Bond has to like sit down and do the Bond James Bond thing with him. He really and at, th- at this point, I have to point out that I hated watching this movie. I really did. What I really badly want to see is a movie or ideally like a Ryan Murphy series a la Feud about the making of this movie mm. because Orson Welles and Peter Sellers could not stand each other on set. Oh. And, and the really oh, the really funny so. Oh, it gets worse. The really so funny bad. thing is that Peter Sellers was the one who had specifically requested Orson Welles. And then what happened is Princess Margaret, of all people, accepted an invitation from Sellers to come to the studio for lunch. And he's being quite, like, proprietorial about it. And he's like, my lords, ladies and gentlemen, she has arrived. And Princess Margaret comes in, does a little bit of a curtsy, walks past Peter Sellers, and says, Hello, Orson, I haven't seen you for days. Spent the whole time talking to Orson. And as a consequence of this, <laughs> sucks Se- to suck, brother. Peter <laughs> Sellers refused to speak to Orson Welles in this movie. He refused to be on set with Orson Welles. And he, that's so and petty. There's something of oh, a problem here, worse. considering it, that the next scene is Orson Welles and Peter Sellers across from a table. Like it, it, it they gets have to play worse. back around against each other, and he refused to be on it, set. It gets with worse, him. and I'm here and it reading. Does get worse. I'm reading the words of the director here. Um, Which one? Mm. <laughs> one of them. I reminded him that he had asked for Orson and said, "This is ridiculous. You can't get paid this enormous amount of money. Ask for Orson Welles, and then refuse to appear with him." You want us to do it all in reverses. And if we do it that way, that means you don't need to be there when Orson's there, and Orson doesn't need to be there when you're there. And Peter Sellers says, exactly. I said, Christ, Peter, you're behaving like a spoiled child, and he punched me in the face. Oh my god. What a horrible man. And so they did They did this scene, which is at the Baccarat table, entirely in reverses. Uh, they just had a guy who looked kind of like Orson Welles from the back, and a guy who kind of looked like Peter Sellers from the back, and neither of them ever spoke to each other to do this scene. Honestly, and how petty. Let, let me tell you. Let me tell you, Orson Welles still sells this line. Like he's 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 going like We aren't playing for marbles. The night is young. The rose garden is already littered with my victims. Which is like that's that's Orson quite Wells, that's quite sinister. Baby. He manages to like I mean, listen, his last role he played a planet in a Transformers movie and he still gave that yeah. some like impetus. So, and like, he he was the narrator of Ricky Tiki Tarvi. Like <laughs> you don't say no to that. Like. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um but then having been thus overshadowed, having filmed some of his scenes. Peter Sellers walked off the set and he did not come back. He got in his white Bentley that he had been given for appearing in this movie and he just fucking dipped. 
He just support for hitting the bricks. <laughs> I'll be honest. I do respect. I do respect it if it sucks. Hit the bricks. He, Although he, this is, hmm. it sucks because of a situation that he engineered every <laughs> single aspect of, and it, and it only sucks for you. In fact, not even that. It sucks for your ego. Like, oh yeah, okay, fine. You got overshadowed, but you got overshadowed by Orson Welles. Yeah. Everyone was overshadowed by Orson Welles. He's huge. <laughs> he, he tried to, before he did this. It's he tried so, to. So so funny to be like, he, he, mm. we need Orson Welles. I need Orson Welles, or I'm leaving. Okay, Orson Welles is here. Right, I've invited Princess Margaret. Oh no, they've got on too well. I'm leaving. Goodbye. What the <laughs> fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> Every aspect Honestly. of this was your fault, and like genuinely, he he tried to you like shot an extra in the face. He he tried to bully Orson Welles mostly about being <laughs> fat, right? Like how on earth could you possibly bully Orson? He he, he tried. Orson Welles was getting an elevator. He was getting a lift down, and Peter Sellers went, "Oh, I don't want to get in there for like safety reasons," as if Orson Welles didn't know that he was a fat man. This Honestly, obviously, like, like, this did not work, and so he just left. I can't believe, like, someone genuinely attempting to, like, bully Orson Welles. It's like if you've ever spoken to, like, a fucking, like, black belt or, like, this massive, like, marine that one of my mother's friends is uh, stating. They're just, you can't, you it's can't come at them, them yeah. because yeah. they know that they can fuck you up. Like there's just a <laughs> limitless confidence that comes with a being massive, b being fucking awesome. Well, yeah, yeah. And the winner so, of the Kaufman Star. Absolutely, awesome. yeah. you can't talk to the winner of a Kaufman Star like that. Honestly. Same with Vincent Bugliosi. So, like, also, you know, you remember Gay 007, who they had to train to be gay. The reason yes. why he's in this movie is because they had to fill scenes because Peter Sellers just left. Like, oh, obviously, I wondered like, why he like perfect. isn't in the movie until like the end. Just in case anybody doesn't yeah. know that, like, movies aren't shot like in order of scene. Like, Peter Sellers mm -hmm. finished scenes that are like after this, but not scenes that are before this, including the fucking gay dojo. And so, consequently, uh, they had to like invent a whole new character to do that. Um, oh, this shit is so funny to me, and that's why there's like scenes missing, right? That's why there's yes. specifically a scene missing at the end of this, which we will get to. But it's very funny in its absence because one man had an insane ego grudge against Orson Welles. Yes. I genuinely can't imagine being like upset about getting shown up by Orson Welles. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, how are you gonna not get shown up? Bond, Bond's move here, and this kind of proves that Peter Sellers is a good Bond. Is to do racist accents at Orson Welles or the guy who yes, looks like several Orson Welles. Times. Multiple no times. He does a couple reason. of them for no real reason. Um, and then he wins, as Bond does in the fucking like story in the movie, mm -hmm. whatever. What's, what is noteworthy and, and funny to me is that every single hand of this Baccarat is the same. Like yes. he's just he's got like a three of clubs and a two of hearts every single time. <laughs> which I did find to be quite funny. So so, so Vesper like leaves and is kidnapped, right, uh, by Le Chiffre. At this point, Bond goes to chase after her, getting in a racing car and having a little bit of a, a like, uh, Sterling Moss joke. And Sterling Moss has a little cameo here. And then, scene missing. Because yeah, I wonder why we just cut straight to him being captured. Because if you've seen the modern Casino Royale listeners, you know that well, Bond chases after Vesper, he crashes the Aston Martin and then gets captured. Mm. But we just cut straight to Peter Sellers is captured. 
It's like, yes. oh, oh, okay. Oh, yes. Okay. At this point, Peter Sellers is is like psychologically tortured with marching bands and LSD. He gets put in the Jokerfication machine by Orson Welles. Yes. There's a there's a weird horny slash Scottish hallucination. It's, it's not funny. It's it's strange. And then and then he is killed. Like Vesper Vesper kills James Bond, Peter kills Sellers, him. in order that he not be in this movie anymore. Does um, she? Yep. Yeah, that, it's I not. It's not didn't... made clear at all. But she machine guns him to death. I I didn't even realize that happened. Um, well, I the, wondered why he wasn't is, in the rest of the film. Yeah, the thing is that he'd uh, he'd left the set, um, so they couldn't film him being shot. So what they did instead had is a wide shot where everyone is like shot dead, and there's also just one guy stood there who could plausibly look like Peter Sellers from a distance, and then mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. cuts to a close angle of Vesper shooting. And then the wide shot, there's no one stood there, and you're left to be like, he has been taken off the board. We, we I were, didn't even mm, realize that happened, but Smurfs break so in and they kill the Shifra. Yeah, we, we were really robbed of a scene of Orson Welles whipping the shit out of Peter Sellers' cock and balls. <laughs> yeah, and they I think reference it, would be it. They reference that bit of the story because he's like, he's, he's got a carpet beer. Yeah, and then they, he's like, "Oh, they don't reference don't, the film that won't come out yeah. for fifty years." Don't don't, don't don't worry that this uh, this chair doesn't have a seat in it; it's just being reupholstered. Uh, and it's like, oh, okay, fine. Yeah. Um, so my notes here just say Bond is dead, Lashif is dead. Twenty minutes yes. of movie remain? Question oh, mark. Yeah. Boy, do you feel every fucking minute? Um, because remember ha- David Niven? Yes. No. No. Yeah, okay. You remember yeah, 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 by kids too, and how that had a like a coherent plot. Crab uh, ape. This is <gasps> this is significantly less coherent than Spy Kids too, because back um, in London, David Niven mm. and Marta Bond are going to see the Prime Minister. There's a slightly unusual moment where they drive up to Downing Street, and it's really weird seeing Downing Street not fortified like it is yeah, now. Yeah, you can just, just go up yeah. to the door. It's so a really, really surreal seeing that. Um, but then Smirsh come along in the flying magnet saucer from Spy Kids 2, yes. because again, this is Kill James Bond the movie, yes. and they kidnap Marta. Yes, they do do that. Um, oh, it was Harold Wilson at the time. Of course it was. Ah, of course. Mm. Um, this is why she, there's a line, Marta, she's like, oh, I've always wanted to see the Prime Minister. He does make me very horny or some shit like that. Strange. Mm. And he's like, that's I, I, crazy. I think, Go I, to Trafalgar. I, yeah, I, I, I think step. you're a bit oh. old for Sir Edward Heath. Um, also a bit female. Anyway, Niven and Moneypenny, it's not defamatory. I'm not talking about uh, anyone who's alive. Ted Heath is dead. Uh, anyway, David Niven and Moneypenny go back. They follow the fucking... Flying saucer to, to no no the, the 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 lady who became a nun the lady who was Scottish yes, she reappears right. and she's like hey to save on this movie's budgets we didn't get another set so they've gone back to Casino Royale you should go there I'm I'm I'm, <laughs> yeah, it's, I'm it's tuning nice out easy. man I yeah it's ah, going, man. I'm going to people say, people people did a lot of drugs in the sixties and the thing about those is that they were all terrible quality like sixties weed was like mostly dirt and consequently. Everybody who had a hand in writing this movie had just like inhaled a bunch of like fertilizer chemicals, mm. and the Honestly. result is um, the, they go the... back. They get captured by goons. Yeah, the villain is revealed to be Doctor Noah. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And he's it's Woody Allen. It's Woody Allen. Woody Allen. It's Woody Allen. And he he. Woody Allen. What they have is a sort of a a mime confrontation. Oh, it's Woody Allen. <laughs> He's here. He's yeah. in the movie again. They have a they have a he's they have a mime back. confrontation. They have a mime it's fight. Not funny. 
because the deal is that like Woody Allen can't talk in front of David Niven because of how he's neurotic neurotic he does a lot of physical comedy he does Woody Allen physical comedy and at this point I just hmm. I'd like to note uh, genuinely no Woody Allen role couldn't be improved by swapping him out for Rick Moranis that's true that is true Um, that's a fair point the film briefly becomes Doctor Who uh, as as an yeah. older man and a beautiful woman run around. His plan mm. is Doctor Noah's plan is this germ when distributed in the atmosphere will make all women beautiful and destroy all men over four foot six. It's called estradiol. Um, yeah. So again, kill James Bond the movie. We have the bimbification gas. Yes. Yeah. That's and his plan. Short kings remain. <laughs> and then in the bit of the movie that I wrote. Um, <laughs> we we see that like uh, Doctor Noah has is it fucking I don't even know which of these fucking bitches it is anymore. Uh, no, what? it's it's the lass who called um the the gay not the gay guy. He it's, uh, who the fuck it was, the, right. it was the last it was the, the last sh- agent what? in the gauger in what? the gauger. Yeah, James Bond 007. He has James Bond 007 like tied to a table with big metal straps. And at this mm-hmm. point, he has uh, a fun line which I wrote down. Uh, you do not, in fact, have to hand it to Woody Allen to remind myself. Mm-hmm. Where he goes. Treat all the girls you desire this way. Yes. So yes, I undress them oh, and tie do. them up. Yes, oh, I learned that in the Boy Scouts. It's. I think it's a funny line. Okay. S- sue me. My funny notes line. here just say the real villain is Woody Allen. <laughs> uh, yes. Yes, that's true. Um, that is true. We'll not be commenting on. Um, well, that's objectively true in the course of the movie. So mm-hmm. yeah. uh, also, <laughs> he's developed a pill that makes you explode, and he's going to assassinate and replace all world leaders with robot doubles. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's just one plan. Pick one plan. Yeah, he's, and he's doing a lot. Um, he, he is. He is. Uh, she. She tricks him into sucks. like. Hmm. She tricks him into swallowing the pill, and at this point, the ending of Blazing Saddles happens, which is impressive to rip off, given that that movie came out ten years later. Yeah, um, there's also yeah. a funny line where he's like, "Imagine a world where there's no poverty and no exploitation, and everyone's like free to do whatever they want." And she says, "Oh, is is, is that what you're for?" And he goes, "No, no, I'm against all of that," which which is quite funny. Um, the Bonds escape. Frankenstein from Van Helsing is there because, again, yeah, kill James there. David Prowse. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, the, Frankenstein the, the fucking, is in the, the film. The, 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 the fucking, like, uh, a bunch of cowboys show up, a bunch of Native Americans show up. It's even racism. more racist. It's really racist. There are really two racist. sea lions. It's, um, it, it's literally the bit. For, it's, the end of, it's the end of Blazing Saddles. But it is the end of Blazing funny. Saddles. Even, um, like, to the point where a big fight breaks out and like a bunch of fucking cowboys just arrive as well mm-hmm. and they're yeah. running through um, Casino there's a, Royale a bubble with... machine a chimp wearing a wig a roulette uh-huh. wheel that fires knives naked women covered in gold it's, it's a lot worse than all of this makes it sound um, oh yeah, yeah no this sound like we're struggling to remember what happened but let me tell you it's about Eight full minutes of just and, and you, you feel occurring. it. You feel it. I was watching the like countdown to the end of this movie, and I was like, five more minutes, five more minutes, please, please. It would be nice but, if this movie ended. Um, there are there are three colorway jokes, and one of them did actually get me. Um, where and I hate to say it, a bunch of cowboys show up right, and there's a colorway to the old west where they're all riding, and then they arrive and thing. And there's also a bunch of Native Americans. Um, unclear what what tribe or people they're supposed to be because they're all played by white uh, guys. White. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they, they parachute in um, and then there is someone goes, call the police and there's a cutaway to like ni- like 
1850s-style, like, sped-up footage of a bunch of bobbies getting on an old station wagon and some falling off as it drives away, and I did find that funny. Uh, Jean-Paul Belmondo is in this movie because we haven't destroyed enough beloved actors' reputations. What? You know... Okay, fine. From, I don't I'm know like, who any of these people are. From like Breathless or uh, any like Goddard movie, he's got the like lips and he's uh, never mind. Anyway, so he's in this movie. He's also stupid. Um, what happens then is a guy Woody- just approaches another guy and, and he go. He's holding a gun. And he just goes, "This gun shoots backwards. I just killed myself," and then falls over. And I'm Was like, this "Topical? What? what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, um, what, cinema. What? Woody I don't Allen." Know! Woody Allen explodes uh, in in a nuclear explosion. Yeah, and it kills, kills everyone. Everyone. Yeah. Everyone dies. And then we. Everyone over. goes to heaven except yes. Woody Allen, who goes to hell. Yes, Woody Allen goes to hell. Every other James Bond goes to heaven. Credits. All, all Bonds go to heaven. Uh, <laughs> it, it like I I I swear to God. Seven James's Bond arrive, um, and they all <sighs> Th- die. This is all done like musically too. No, uh, uh, I forgot to mention as well, by the way, that uh, Vesper is played by Ursula Andress, who was, of course, Honey Rider in Doctor mm. No. So, really? So yeah. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hear. Didn't clock that. So wow. Give not, you a brief, like this time, so a very brief pressy of the rest of Peter Sellers' career, right? Because I didn't plumb the absolute depths of what a piece of shit this guy is. Uh, so this, this happened in the middle of his career, sort of stalling for the first of about three times due to like. Constant drinking, constant like abuse, uh, like cocaine use. Um, oh. This was right before his like extremely abusive marriage with Britt Eklund imploded, um, oh. and I mean he fired his wife from another movie using the same move that he used on Orson Welles, which is if she's on set, I'm I'm leaving and I'm not coming back. Um, that's not the worst thing. The worst thing, as I'm like scanning through here is that he had his like his comeback thing his like almost his oscar winning role was being there right where he plays this like simple gardener who like gets uh you know elevated to the halls of power right and i'm just gonna i'm just gonna read you this paragraph from his wikipedia page in march 1980 sellers asked his 80 his his 15 year old daughter victoria what she thought about being there she reported later that I said, yes, I thought it was great. But then I said, you look like a little fat old man. He threw his drink over me and told me to get the next plane home. When his other daughter, Sarah, told Sellers her thoughts about the incident, he sent her a telegram that read, after what happened this morning with Victoria, I shall be happy if I never hear from you again. I won't tell you what I think of you. It must be obvious. Goodbye, your father. Earth's worst piece of shit. Honestly. Awful, awful man. Why? Um, that's just that's just who he was. And that's also part of the reason why, like, his sort of like tyrannical nature is why this movie is the way that it is. It's, yeah, a, very it, it's why it's such a mess. The film flopped, and uh, Joseph McGrath, who was one of the directors, one of the 800 directors, yeah, the one was he punched in the face by some of the producers who said, like, we don't blame you for all the shit that occurred during filming, but they made it clear that they never want to work with that bastard ever again. Mm-hmm. Which yeah, they were absolutely. very close to Peter Sellers. This and is, it, this it, is... I think it goes to show, listeners, that the myth of the kind of like the tortured, brooding genius who's like horrible to everyone around him but produces amazing art is just false because this film is not good. 
<laughs> it's not worth yeah, the film is worth treating people like that wanted, but this one especially and it's still bad and it's, like, a, it's a damn shame mm. that this has absolutely ruined um sellers for me because i really like dr strangelove this is and also i like the pink panther this is also the point at which eon productions decide okay we're not letting fucking anybody else do anything <laughs> to do with James Bond ever. There's this one guy who is able to do like a court-ordered Thunderball that we're not able to stop. Other than that, nobody else is adapting this. Uh, we are very strictly exercising our like sole adaptation rights here. I'd, um, I'd like to read one more, one more thing from the trivia section of IMDb, which I really enjoy, which is Producer Charles K. Feldman originally intended to make the film as a co-production with the official Bond series producers Harry Saltzman and Albert Broccoli, with Sean Connery playing James Bond and Shirley MacLaine as Vesper Lind. Saltzman and Broccoli had just produced Thunderball uh, and didn't want to do another one so soon. United Artists supposedly offered Feldman uh, $500,000 for the rights to Casino Royale in '65, but he rejected that. Forced to produce the film on his own, Feldman approached Connery to star as Bond. Connery asked for one million uh, to play him, well, uh, and he, he said no. Uh, so Feldman decided to turn the film into a spoof. He cast David Niven, and after the film went through numerous production problems, the budget went to shit. He met Connery at a Hollywood party and said, and I can only imagine the tone of voice he said this in, but he said, would have been cheaper to just pay him the one million. <laughs> just a man the thi- beset the thing by about Connery. The thing, the thing about Connery is that, like, also a piece of shit in his way, also physically oh, abusive yeah. to women. Mm-hmm. But um, the one thing you can say for him is he arrived on set on time and he knew his lines. He played James Bond. He he was capable mm-hmm. of finishing a James Bond movie, something which Peter Sellers, despite seemingly wanting to, and at a time in his career when he was able to get everything he could possibly want, was not. Mm. Just goes to show, listeners, if you want a career in acting, there are two things you need. One is to be unique, and the other is to be good to work with. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have a science-based system on this podcast. We this do. is a mainline James Bond film. Yes, it is. Um, so we can deploy the scum spectrum. We can. Stands for smart, <laughs> cultural want, insensitivity, and provoke violence quick. and misogyny. Mm. Go ahead. Uh, there's, there's just a note here that says, in original versions of the films, uh, there was a cardboard cutout of Salas in the background of shots that was used for the final scenes. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> Really good. Anyway, sorry, carry on, my darling. Uh, so, Smom. I Ooh. think it's fairly which, low. Which Bond are we, are we doing each in turn? Or are we, <laughs> yeah, all collectively. How um, Smarmy is the movie? I, I would say it's relatively low. Like, even Sellers like isn't that Yeah, I'd yeah say, it's pretty I'd say low. one, even. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, dare I ask cultural insensitivity? <laughs> oh, there's so many accents, man. It's broad. I, it's broader that it offends more cultures than a Bond film normally I've does. I've never seen like, someone be so culturally insensitive to no. the Scottish. No. We, yeah, we usually just go for one or two, but we've really kind of done a shotgun approach here. I mean, and the fact that we called it cultural insensitivity instead of racism means that Scottish people still count. Therefore, yeah. it's got to it's got to be high. It's got to be, be like seven, I think. I it's think a so. seven, baby. I think so. It's a seven. Yeah. Now. Unprovoked violence. Um, I mean, are we counting like shooting an extra in the course of production, or is it just purely what's scripted to happen? I think it's yeah. I think it's within the text of the movie more than. I do want to give it some points for the death of the beautiful woman in the Jaguar, which was really unnecessarily violent. But but Bond just like explodes a woman. That's Mm -hmm. yeah. I want to say like a three, maybe. Yeah. Sure. 
Now, misogyny is very funny to me. Don't take that quote out of context. I'm um, absolutely going to take that quote shit. out of context. Sorry, sorry, Devin. Could you, could you just say that a bit more, like, clearly? I'm editing this one, I think, actually. So I'll just put in a raw clip of me saying it here. Misogyny is very funny to me. That's not funny, Devin. <laughs> well done. Well done. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> but it's very funny to me because like one of the earlier scenes, they're like, oh, the misogyny, it's on purpose. It's actually sarcastic. It's, uh, it's actually satire because you see James Bond is really uptight and celibate in this movie. So we're trying to destroy that image. And that concept is dropped like a sack of fucking potatoes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And the misogyny continues unabated. So. I, also, yeah. I, I almost want to punish it more for hypocrisy there. You know? So funny. Mm. I think it's got to be pretty high. I also think, to be honest, I think seven for cultural insensitivity is a bit low. We have given higher than seven in the past. Like, uh, I, I, like You Only Live Twice was an eight, and Octopussy was an eight. I think this film's got to be an eight or a nine oh, for cultural insensitivity. No, yeah. Yeah. I like didn't a... realize we'd gone past seven for. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we have. Yeah, do it. The highest we've ever given like was nine. Sax Roma <laughs> Chinese accent, multiple occasions. Yeah, it's an eight, I think. It. Yeah, okay, I'm gonna give an extra point there. And misogyny, I think it's again that's gonna be pretty high. Like Nine, women exist to be fucked. Six. They do like they do have some agency. Six, I think, is solid. Hmm. So where where does this land in the canon of Bond movies? That's a fourteen. Seventeen. That gives it an eighteen, which is surprisingly low, but it's because it yeah. wasn't particularly smarmy or violent. Mm, um That's true. It's, I mean, it's I one guess of the worst M does possible just, ways like, to end blow a movie. Up Bond's house, but like, just yeah. like everyone dies at the end. Like mm-hmm, it's like mm-hmm. the fucking and it was all a dream. Um, yeah, all a dream. It's a very bad film. I'd say it's a, mm. it's about average on our scum spectrum. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. In addition to our scientific system, we do have a somewhat more uh, Merrin Rosette, have, and well, Bar. <laughs> so. Impossible for me to even ask who should get the Cronenstein Rosette in this one. We have a mm-hmm. golden opportunity here, and we would be fools to not take it. Mm-hmm. A good night cross. A good night cross. A good character who goes above and beyond for. Well, I think Money Penny fucking all the agents in MI6 is kind of going above and um, beyond duty. What, what about what about the like uh, funny, a- yeah, agent who's like, what are you gay or something? Who does succeed in poisoning uh, Woody Woody Allen? Yeah, she actually just like wins the movie. That's true. That's a good fuck, point. She does. Fuck, it's so weird. And her, she doesn't have a name, by the way. Her name is just the Detainer. Brackets what? James Bond 007. No, yeah, that's right. I'm reading it. Yeah, here. James Bond. James All right, Bond so, double- so the good yeah, James, James Bond 007. Easy. That was mm-hmm. yeah. That was nice and easy. I don't know why um, we didn't think of that. Yeah, and of course, Kaufman Star. Yeah, one of the only the French Champagne. Has I always mean, been celebrated for its excellence. We've been to to pull back the curtain and just just a little bit for the boys. Um, we've been looking to give someone a Kaufman star for like a couple of episodes, and yeah, well, they had given the opportunity, yeah, for it to be fucking Orson Welles means that yeah, we may cool. never give out another one, <laughs> just because you have to reach this tier. Yes, oh. yes, Orson Welles, oh, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, we love him. He, what are we, we do. doing next time, well, Alice? Well, I mean, the next mainline Bond is going to be the 1954 TV adaptation Casino Royale. 
I've, do you know what I've also just noticed? Um, this comes out on the 22nd of December. So technically, hey, uh, this is our Christmas special. It's a very Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas, Mr. Bond. You, boy, what Bond is it? <laughs> it's oh, sir, a Merry Bondmas. Oh, happy oh, Bondmas. <laughs> Join us in what? the new year for fucking daniel craig <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, we will actually we will actually gross. do uh yeah, this is a genuine problem that uh, we will genuinely give you daniel craig next time yeah. yes but we will definitely give you daniel craig for the two bonus weeks is too long for the bonus yes we should do stormbreaker is what we're doing stormbreaker next. and then after mm. that at some point we're gonna do fucking dante's peak so we can get some old no, brosnan in fucking on yes we oh, are we're gonna do dante's peak at some you point. said that oh on the podcast and so now we have to do it yeah you well, have to do my dante's peak next. you can't fucking yeah it's dev next. in like this <laughs> you can't dog the boys like that whatever i'm editing all of us out um <laughs> all right fine I probably well, won't Oh, before we go, um, special thanks uh, to a uh, friend of the show, Mrs. X, who saved the recording before we started yes. by helping us set up Absolutely. the Absolutely. Th- thank you, Mrs. X. We have a Patreon. On there, you special can listen to... thanks to the guy who came uh, to my apartment and was like, took a look at my fucking smoke alarm and then went, can you leave the door ajar? I'll be right back. And has not come back. <laughs> yeah, he, in Peter Sellers. About two hours. <laughs> Peter Seller, yeah, he just hit the yeah, bricks. You, sh- you, show- you showed him up with Princess Margaret, and now he's just not—he's not coming back, man. Oh, God, I hope that shit works. Um, <laughs> so, rest in peace to Devon. Yep. <laughs> Subscribe to the Patreon. We have bonus episodes. The next bonus episode is going to be Alex Ryder's Stormbreaker. That's right, baby. Child spy. This has been Kill James Bond. I have been James Bond 007. Joining me have been James Bond 007 and yeah. James Bond 007. And it's at this point that we must simply say... It is now that time of day I have set apart for Debussy. Seven James Bond, <laughs> Bond at Casino Royale. <laughs> oh, what, a, what a perfect episode of Kill James Bond. <laughs> Seven James Bonds at Casino Royale They came to save the world and win the gal at Casino Royale Six of them went to a heavenly spot The seventh one is going to a place where it's terribly